We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Well, this morning, um, we're going to get into the message, get into what I just feel God wants to do. And we're going to, we're live streaming to Mosgill this morning. So I want us to uh, just give, give the camera a wave. Welcome, Mosgill, this morning. We love you guys. We're believing in you. We know what God's doing out there. We're still belie- we're championing you. You know, I'm believing that by the end of this year, we're, which is not too far away, we're going to see over 100 people coming to the Mosgill Church. Come on, can we believe that this morning? Can we pray for that this morning? Come on, as a, as a, as a one church in two locations, let's lift up our congregations this morning. Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your love and Your grace over us personally, but we thank You for Your love and Your grace over us as a city. And Lord, over across two locations, we just pray, God, You would use us. Even that last series that we've been led through about inviting people, just inviting people into our lives, into the life of church, into the love of Jesus. So Father, use us, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Awesome. Well, um, this morning, we, we, you know, normally we do series and stuff like that, and we just finished the invite series, which is cool. Who got invited out to lunch or dinner and, and all that? Who, who got invited out on a first date? Oh, no one's brave enough to put their hand up. I know some people did, but that's why I'll keep it to myself. So that's good. That's good. But um, there's nothing like being inv- nothing like being invited. Being invited. And this morning, I want to tell you that the greatest invitation, the greatest invitation of all, is knowing and being invited to know Jesus Christ. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Who who, who knows the love of Christ this morning? Come on, put your hand up. Who's glad that Jesus loves them? Who's glad that they've got a relationship with them? Come on. I'm, I'm glad. No, I don't, let's not be the golf people this morning, all right? Let's not. Oh, well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, this, I'm just getting more and more passionate for Jesus. I'm like, we've got, we've got a certain amount of time on this beautiful planet and, you know, I think, uh, you know, well, whatever your view on climate change is, let's spend more effort on telling people about Jesus. Uh, I'm like, uh, let's look after the planet. Sure. Right. So I just squashed all that. Right. But let's, let's spend our time loving people, telling people that Jesus loves them. If they don't have Jesus' love in their life, they're lost. They're lost. Who's glad they've got Jesus' love in their life this morning? All right. Thank you. And how about out in Mosgill? Good. Very good. So um, my voice is still recovering from a couple of weeks ago, but I'm sure it will work. Hey, that's awesome. Feel free. Anyone else want to lie down the front? It's good. It's good. You can't see it in Mosgill, but if you want to lie down the front, it's fine. All right. Um, generally, if you're under the age of seven, okay? It's inappropriate over, over that age. All right. Um, so, but I really, I've, I've just been seeking the Lord. Seeking God and just God's been doing stuff in my own life. And, and this morning, what I want to just share with you is, is just something that we could almost do every day. And, and just letting God do what God needs to do. Who knows that God needs to do something in our life? If you didn't agree, God needs to do something in your life this morning. Because uh, if there's nothing left for Him to do in your life, 
then you're Jesus. That's awesome. I don't know if anyone's there yet. But I want to, I don't know, oh, there he is. Look at that. My amazing uh, backdrop this morning. And, and, and the message that I want to talk on is, is pretty much this. Nailed it to the cross. You know, um, there's a saying, you know, if you do something really well, you're like, ah, nailed it. Anyone? Or maybe these days it's, ah, crushed it. (laughs) Crushed it. Nailed it. I I believe this morning, you know, and I'm so thankful this morning that that God uh, that sent His Son Jesus and He nailed it. I'm not trying to be irreverent this morning at all, uh, but but, but Jesus nailed it to the cross. He nailed Himself to the cross. He could have got down in a moment because he's God. But Jesus totally, he decided he needed to. He knew his father's will was that, he, that his son Jesus would go to the cross. And on the cross, Jesus took care of everything. He took care of everything. Whatever you're going through right now, he's taken care of it. And sometimes we think, oh man, what's going on? Why am I going through this? What's going on here? Well, the thing about it is we've got confidence that Jesus is taking care of it, but then we've got to let it resonate and rest in our heart and rest in our spirit. Amen? No one likes waiting though, do we? No one likes being stretched. No one likes growing. No one likes being tested. Well, If you do, that's awesome. I don't. All right. Uh, and so this morning, I, I just want to share a passage of, of scripture, and in fact, I think it's an amazing passage, and so much happens in it. Out of um, John chapter eleven, it's the, it's the, I guess a well-known. Sorry, excuse me. We know I always say well-known. It's just I know it wellish. Uh, I'm not expecting any of everyone to know it well, but it's the story of when when uh, Lazarus dies, but then Jesus raises Lazarus. From, from the dead. And so I, I'm excited about that this morning because it gives me hope, right? Yeah. Gives me hope. I pray, pray this morning you know hope. You know and you can believe. You're not just going to like, man, come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So grab your Bibles. Turn to John chapter 11. When you're there, uh, say, got it. <coughs> All right. Three people have got it so far. All right. You got it in Mosgiel? Okay. I don't want to... Uh, the context of the story... Oh, let's just read, read some of it. It's easier to read it rather than explain it. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Common thing to do. We do this, don't we? We do this. When something is not going right in our world, we send a message to Jesus. Does anyone do that? I pray you do that. When We've got to put our trust in Jesus. When something's not going right, we don't send a message to Ronald McDonald. No, we don't send a message here. We send a message... Jesus, we need you. Jesus, I need you. Um, But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. That's a great reply, right? Come on, even this morning, let's send a message that is not going to end in death. 
It's in the message that it's not going to end in death. Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But the disciples objected. Rabbi, they said only a few days ago, the people, Judea, were trying to stone you. Are you going to go? Are you going there again? Um, Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight in every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have light of the world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, oh, friend, Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is asleep, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus dead. <laughs> All right, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe, come, let's go and see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and, and, and die with Jesus. You know where his expectation was. Well, we're returning back to this place. We're going to get killed. All right. When Jesus arrived, arrived in, at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a, f- a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got the word that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask for. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha um, said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Verse 27, yes, Lord, she told him, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, and the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went in. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met. When the people were at the house consoling Mary, uh, saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. All right, we're almost there. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. And he was deeply troubled where he, where, where have you put him, he asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, so how much, see how much he loved him. But some said this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry. He was still angry. As he arrived at the tomb and gave a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told him. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. 
Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said this out loud for the sake of all the other people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands, his feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in headcloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. Long story, long account, I should say. It's not a story. It's not a bedtime story. Uh, it's, it's something that actually happened. It actually happened. I don't know when, when you read through or you listen and you read through your Bible how, how the Lord starts highlighting different things. And I don't know about you, but I can relate to a lot of attitudes, a lot of circumstances that people were sharing during, during this account of how, how Jesus comes into some people's worlds and then, and there's something that's been going on. But then there's like, oh, man, uh, if only if you'd, you'd come. If only if you'd come. If only if you were here. Or, or maybe, you know, oh, you know, Jesus, just we need you. And, but then Jesus holds back. See, I, I believe this morning we've got to know that Jesus has nailed everything to the cross. Now, in the circumstance we see that we call, that, 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 that the, the sisters, they they, they called out to God. Jesus! How many times have we called out to God? I pray you call out to God. But then, then, then there's a point in, uh, in, in the story where it says uh, that Jesus waited. That Jesus waited. And it was only a couple of miles down the road. But he still, still chose to wait. And just because you have to wait doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't know what you're going through. You know, in life, sometimes we've got to learn how to wait on God. We've got to hold on to God. Because why? He's nailed it. He's nailed it. He's sorted it. It's happened. It's finished. It's done. But we've got to learn how to wait. How to hold on to who Jesus is. See, but the first thing that we've got to know this morning and when it comes to the resurrection power of God and what, what God has done is that, number one, we are alive in Christ. Anyone excited about that this morning? We are alive in Christ. Mary and Martha, Martha even just alluded to that during the story. Oh, yes, we know that you're a Messiah. And, and yes, one day Lazarus will rise when we all rise and all that. No, we are alive in Christ. Anyone, anyone alive in Christ this morning? All right, let me just help you out. Isaiah 25, verse 8. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and people. The Lord has spoken. We're alive. The Lord has done, he's swallowed up death forever. Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sin. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. We are alive in Christ this morning. We are alive. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to share some more. And you guys are going to get even more excited. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21 to 22. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man now, uh, the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone else who belongs to Christ will be given new life. When we belong to Christ, we've been given a new life. We are alive in Christ. You're like, yeah, well, that's cool. That's great. 
Because when we die, we're going to be alive. But what did Pastor Desiree just say this morning in the dedication? When John 10.10, Jesus came to give us life and life in its fullness. I don't believe fullness of life is just going to happen when we die. Come on, we got to live a life that's full. I live a life that, that, come on, God, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not going to rock around this world just going, well, we'll see how it goes. I want to live a life that's full. How about you? Do you want to live a life that is full? Well, then we've got to know that Christ has nailed it. He's nailed it to the cross. Everything that you might be going through in your life right now, Jesus has nailed it. He's nailed it to the cross. Everything. You might think, well, well that's, that's, that. That's impossible. Jesus has nailed it. What well, was Lazarus impossible? Well, Jesus has nailed it. The first thing we have to know if we're going to live a full life is that we are alive in Christ. We are alive in Christ. Uh, one, one more. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Anyone got expectation? Yeah, I mean, expectation. Oh, I don't have expectation. No, the expectation that the Powerball is going to turn up in the mail. Or you're in your inbox or expectation that the car's going to break down or something like that. Or expecting that, whatever. I don't know. What sort of expectation do we carry about life? Well, man, you know, I can sort of understand we're expecting it to be raining outside right now. It's been raining for flipping ages. I'm like, we need to get a servant to run to the horizon seven times and we say, stop that rain in Jesus' name. I'm like, stop that rain. No, but what, what expectation do we live with? Oh, this is as good as it gets. No, we're alive in Christ. So man, oh, every breakthrough, every circumstance, this is how it's going to be. Oh, I'm not, oh man, this is my lot. This is what I've got to go through. This is, oh, well, I'm just waiting for God. Well, I think yeah, Jesus will let us wait, but I have an expectation that he's going to turn up. He's going to turn up. Sometimes you've got to wait a little bit longer, but never give up the expectation of what the life that God has called you to. All right. See, the, the second thing I want to talk about with this circumstance and situation about life is that um, we've got to understand we don't resurrect what is dead. Don't resurrect what is dead. So slightly opposite to what Jesus did here with, with Lazarus, Lazarus was dead. Like he plainly said it, Lazarus dead. All right, Lazarus dead. But in this circumstance, we're praying and we're believing for Lazarus to rise. And that is awesome. But I think we've got to understand this stuff that if Jesus has nailed it, he's nailed it to the cross. Some stuff needs to be left dead. And sometimes we keep resurrecting the things that are supposed to be nailed to the cross. All right, let me help you out. Just let us, let us, let, for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Man, I'm, I, I, mean, I, I want to leave some stuff behind. 
I want to take some stuff. Jesus is taking it onto the cross. Let, let, let him take it. But so often we go, oh, Lord, I die. I die. Um, and, and then we present ourselves as a living offering. And we give it to Jesus. He's like, help me with this. And then we get up and we crawl off the offering and we start picking up the things that Jesus has taken again. And, oh, no, I need that back. Oh, I need that back. Or I'm going to hold on to that hurt. I'm going to just pull that down off the cross. Or, no, that disappointment. No, I'm not, I'm not finished with them people yet. I'll just take that back. I'll just hold on to that just a little bit longer. Oh, man, I don't understand it. Don't understand it, God. It hurts so much. It hurts so much. Don't understand why this happened. Hey, I've nailed it. Yeah, I know, but I don't And it hurts. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I understand that it hurts. But could we let Jesus nail it? Could we let that pain go? You don't have to get rid of the memories. You don't, don't have to get rid of the love and the situation. But you've got to let Jesus love you greater than the pain maybe that it's causing. Because we've got to live life full. And sometimes the circumstances that we go through, it could be horrendous. It could be horrendous. But let, let, if, they, if they are slowing us down in life, we've got to learn how to let it be dead with Jesus because he's taking it on the cross. This is the amazing thing that I love about God is he can be so strong in some areas, but then so soft and so loving in others. It amazes me about the nature of God. Let's not resurrect the things that are supposed to be dead. See, the, the problem is, though, other people help resurrect stuff that's supposed to be dead. Because we have a lot of the some said. Anyone, anyone got any some says? Some people say. Some people say this. Some this, some that. Get rid of the sums in your life. I hate maths. Right? We've got to get rid of the people. Oh, I married someone who loves maths. So they can take care of all of that stuff. How many times do we listen to the sum? Some people have said this. Let me just help you out here. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, Some have much, see how much he loved him. Verse 37. But some said, This man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Man, there's, there's, oh, please don't be a Christian that is a some said. I understand that you've gone through circumstances, you've gone through situations that maybe you're still waiting and maybe you're still holding on. But don't be a some say. Just let, let's go, come on. No, God is giving us life and life in the fullness. Let's hold on to hope. Let's hold on to faith. Let's hold on to life. It's like, well, yeah, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still waiting too. Oh yeah, Jesus didn't come through for me in that either. Oh, well, this is how it is. This is, this, oh, well, nah. Yeah, you know. Uh, no, nail it, nail it to the cross. Nail it to the cross. Let's not be a some seer. See, uh, I, I want to go back and I want to focus a little bit because it really interested me about how Jesus got angry. I, it interests me when, I, when Jesus gets angry, right? 
I don't know about you, because you want to make sure you're not the person making Jesus angry. Uh, when Jesus saw, verse 33, when Jesus saw him weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. See, you know, in, in life, I, I think sin gets... Um, highlighted too much in our Christian walk. The devil's great at lifting up sin. You're a naughty boy. You're a naughty girl. You did this. You did that. You thought this. You thought that. Or you looked at this. You looked at that. Or you said this about that. Or you said this about that, right? We're all perfect, right? Just, just, just me, all right? Uh, and, and, and sin is in, in our world and all that. And, I, and this is not a, a, a right to keep sinning. This is not a right to keep, but I, I think sometimes we th- let sin uh, hold us back more than it should. Because Jesus died on the cross and he nailed sin. All right? and, and in fact, you, you can't actually take off the cross sin. You can't. Because he's taken it. It says, from, uh, I've taken all sin from the past, the present, and the future. You can't take what Jesus has done off the cross because Jesus nailed sin to the cross. But what I think angered Jesus here was unbelief. It was unbelief that upset Jesus. Jesus went to the cross. He dealt with our sin. And I'm so thankful for it. I, and, and I'm working on areas in my life. You're working on areas in your life. And we're saying, God, we need you in this. But, it, but sometimes the devil uses that as a distraction to, you know, and, oh, man, you're a naughty person. You're a naughty person. Well, yeah, we are. You're never going to be perfect. You're gonna, you are righteous because of the blood of Jesus. That is the whole essence of the gospel. We are by faith, righteous by faith. There's nothing that you can do. But the devil loves to slow us down. And he slows us down, I think, with unbelief. And, 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 but that's us. Let's not have unbelief. See, I think the biggest area of our life that Jesus has an issue with is unbelief. We don't say the things out because we don't believe at all. Or we don't believe in the resurrection power of God. Because why? We live in this natural world, but we're, we're fueled by a supernatural power of God. When we, we were dead, when we died and we rose again, it was the resurrection power of God that saved us. It was the, I know we're getting deep a little bit this morning, but it was, it was, it was sin has been taken care of and that's only been taken care of by the power of God. And now we've got to know this morning that the power of God lives in us. Holy Spirit lives in us. And so oh, let's not live a life of being a sumsayer. So the first thing this morning, are we alive in Christ? Thank, thank you for some... <laughs> Are we alive? Are we alive? Are you alive? Man, I, I pray, Holy Spirit, just make everyone alive. Man, stir something up. Yeah. Don't have to be loud. Don't have to be passionate. But Lord, let the, let, the, let the alive of Christ who is in us this morning stir us up. I'm so thankful, Jesus, for you. Thank you, Father. Don't, don't resurrect what is dead. Come on, don't resurrect what is dead. The next thing, as we, as we keep moving, is I love this. 
I love this thought. And it says this in verse 43, 44. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands, feet bound in grave clothes. His face wrapped in headcloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. See, the third thing this morning, let's be alive in Christ. How do we become alive in Christ? We let him unwrap us. We let him unwrap us. Because grave clothes stink. We already know, though, that he was in there for four days. And even the expectation was, what? Four days? He's going to stink. He's going to stink. I mean, we come out. See, if, if we don't let God unwrap us, we're going to walk around stinky. Anyone want to walk around stinky? You know, I'm not talking about clothes. Maybe there's some people. Anyway, um, but we've got to let God unwrap us. Attitudes are stinky sometimes. Uh, uh, even our demeanor sometimes stinky. You know, or anger, stinky. Gossip, stinky. Unforgiveness, stinky. Bitterness, stinky. We should have named this message stinky. No, we, well, the problem, well, sometimes we just let, let, we just take that back off the cross and wrap ourselves up again in it. Oh, this is how it is for me. This is what I've got to go through. Well, you don't know what I've gone through. No, I don't know what you've gone through. But Jesus does. Jesus does. And he's the one that brings the breakthrough. He's the one. If you put your trust in the Lord, and don't lean on your, own, on your own understanding. And in all your ways, follow him. He will show you the right path. Come on, we've got to let God unwrap us. Well, when was the last time you yelled out, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I'm quite open. I, I yell out every day, I need you, Lord, when it comes to being a father. I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you. I'm unwrapping the stinkiness of, 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 the, the, of, of what I've known. What are you unwrapping? What's stinky in your life that you need to unwrap? That brings life. That brings life. What's stinky? See, I want to encourage us this morning. We've got to come alive in Christ. Don't, well, this is how it is. This is what's going on in my life. Well, no, we just got to run to Jesus. One bandage at a time. One bandage at a time. Say, Lord, you've nailed it to the cross. You nailed it. You nailed it. I, I purposely, I know it's a little bit, but that's what it is, isn't it? You, you don't think he loves you enough to unwrap that? You don't think that he knows what you're going through? Yeah, he does. He's, he saw it before time. He knew you before, before time. He knows everything about you. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who then will, will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us pleading pleading Lord Father 
I nailed it for them. I nailed it for them. And we, we, we just keep taking it off and ripping it. No, Jesus nailed it for you. He nailed it for you. He's up, he's, he's pleading. I think of it in my own life. Lord, I, Father, today, give all the grace to be the, the Father that He desires to be. What's Jesus pleading for you? Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's hurt, unforgiveness, whatever. You've got to know that Jesus is pleading for you. He's pleading. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Let's use our life. The resurrection power of God lives in you. Let's use our life to bring glory to Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says this, He personally carried our sin in His body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By His wounds, you were healed. You were healed. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. See, I, I pray you're living life full. And I pray you're charging for Jesus. But I know the I, I, know, I know the tricks of the devil, and I know that he has his efforts are to steal, kill, and destroy. Do you know the way to beat him? Is just let the cross be the cross. Let Jesus be Jesus and call out to him and let him nail it to the cross this morning. What could you nail? See, I love the fact that when Lazarus came out of the tomb, he was wrapped in grave cloths. And Jesus gives the instruction, unwrap him. Unwrap him. And I guess they did. But then I think of Jesus and when he nailed it to the cross and we wrapped him in everything that we need to wrap him in. All our fears, failures, inadequacies, iniquities. We wrapped Jesus up. He was like this big marshmallow man of the world's issues. And he went and he nailed it to the cross. But on the third day, said that the cloths were tidy and they were left in the tomb. Jesus didn't walk out with any of the cloths that were put on. Jesus walked out free. Jesus walked out victorious. Jesus walked out with your healing. Jesus walked out with your breakthrough. Come on, Jesus walked out with your resurrection. He's so for you. 
sometimes he's teaching us stuff. I can hold, I can handle that. The Bible's full of stories that we read. You know, the woman with the issue of blood of 12 years. That's a long time. But you know what? People have gone through other things longer than 12 years. Just hold on. Hold on to hope. Don't let the some sayers wrap you back up. Don't just lay it, lay it down. No. Let Jesus take it on the cross. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Come on, you're an overcomer because of the Spirit of God lives in you. Hallelujah. Well, if we can stand, we're going to finish. We're going to finish. We're just going to let, let Jesus do some stuff. Come, what could we nail to the cross? What could we nail? What has Jesus taken and nailed? I don't need to have a wooden cross down the front and I don't need to have a whole lot of hammers and nails and bandages. No, all you need to do is close your eyes. All you need to do is go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you've nailed it. Nailed it to the cross. And all you need to do is just whisper, thank you for taking this. Thank you for taking this. Thank you for taking this. And Jesus doesn't care if the list is a mile long. He's taken it. He nailed it to the cross. And see, when the devil tries to say, no, it hasn't happened. No, you just need to look up again. Go, no, it's nailed. And then you need to start walking. And knowing that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Every time doubt comes in, every time unbelief comes in, you go, no, Lord Jesus, you nailed it. Thank you, Jesus, that you nailed it. Thank you, Lord. Come on, the Bible says we go from victory to victory, glory to glory in Jesus. Con, you're going from glory to glory this morning. Glory to glory. What are you nailing? What are you letting them nail? We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.